0: Oh, beautiful. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mock Draft Mondays. I am your host, Tyler Fornes, and producer Dave is stepping into the co-host chair here tonight. We are going to talk a lot of Mock Draft. We're going to also talk about the Super Bowl and what we can learn as far as the Minnesota Vikings moving forward and how to project that out. So go grab yourself a cocktail, strap in, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight.
1: Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Good
0: evening, everyone. Welcome to a special Valentine's Day edition where we are glad that you picked us over your significant other on this travesty of a corporate holiday. My name is Tyler Fornes and with me is my favorite host valentine dave how you doing my man
1: oh, i'm doing okay for this monday and yes you got right about a corporate holiday uh, hallmark makes ton of money today and which is fine and all the flower shops mm-hmm. and chocolates if you have a significant other it is a good reminder that you should be expressing your love and gratitude to them not just today but every day
0: yeah, and honestly, that's my biggest issue with it. I I get the corporate side. Hey, Christmas happened. Now people are gonna save money for the next couple months. Okay, well, let's create a holiday. All right, <laughs> From the business side, I get it. But oh man, like, I, oh, I'm supposed to shower you with gifts on this one day when and well, no, that's that's stupid. That's not what love is. Well, anyways, we're getting a little off topic, and I absolutely hate this sham of a holiday. But Dave. Fun story. Tomorrow is my 3 year survived death anniversary.
1: Ooh. <clears throat> what was the near death experience?
0: Um my appendix exploded twice and I was hours away from death. Damn. I'm surprised we hadn't talked about it before. Yeah, it was uh, it was the actually the antithesis of, of my media career.
1: Wow. Um Yeah. Glad you made it through.
0: Me too, my man. Me too and because we're glad that I made it here, let's let's start talking football, because that's why we're here. We're here to talk about, um, about my um, exploding organs. Um, <laughs> so, Dave, the Super Bowl last night, what were your initial thoughts?
1: I enjoyed it. I, it, was a, it was a nice, close game. Uh, the halftime show was okay. The commercials were okay. The football on the field was okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it was... It was one of the better Super Bowls in a long time. So it was good. Now, I did like seeing how the Rams overcame diversity with injuries and such to pull it out. I like the later drives. Whether they're attributed to Kevin O'Connell or not, I don't know. But just seeing how he works with Cooper Cup and utilizes Cooper Cup makes me giddy to see how Justin Jefferson is going to fall into that same sort of scheme and how he works to get the ball downfield and score points.
0: I 100% agree. <clears throat> no, excuse me. Got a little gunk in my throat. Um, I agree because uh, one of the things that I I was kind of seeing, and I'll give all the credit to Luke Brown for really pointing this out, the locked on Vikings, which – when you're done with this, go check it out. He does daily podcasts, just like we do, talking Minnesota Vikings football. He mentioned that they're, they're going to want a little shifty guy like uh, the West Walkers, the Julian Edelman, to run those kind of choice routes, the same stuff that Cooper Cup does. And I think Justin Jefferson could really fit that role because not only do they run those choice routes, they also do um, the dig and go where they love to run that backside dig and run go routes all around it. And then what, what they also can do is when you hit that backside dig consistently, you can run a, a legit dig and go where the receiver just kind of like like a stop and go, but you're running like 15 yards down the field and doing it. And then if you remember against the Rams and like, or sorry, the Bucks in like week three, they got Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, one of those guys, like about 30 yards wide open because of that move. And you can set those kind of plays up over and over. And when you have the talent like Justin Jefferson on the outside with Adam Thielen too, you can utilize that they have the ability to stop and, stop and really dip those hips to sell it. And right. I think it's Is a it very exciting. Like element. they're,
1: they're doing a curl or um, a hook. And as soon as the def- defensive back bites, they flip around and boom, gone. And it works great. I think it's, I look forward to what our offense can do next season. It's going to be fun to watch. Now, one thing I did notice of last night's game was the the, the Bengals' offensive line play versus the Rams' defensive line play. And somewhat the other way around, the Rams' offensive line is a good offensive line. Uh, but the yeah. Bengals' defensive line is good too. And that was, those were some mighty battles that were happening, but how how the Rams went about utilizing those players, targeting them to have them on their team, and how they came through in the end. And I look forward to that hopefully happening with us. It's going to take time, but to build up that stellar defensive line and uh, have a very, very good um, offensive line, to, to complement it, to run all the offense and the defense to stop whatever they face. I look forward to that as well.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the really impressive elements for the defensive side for the Rams was how they changed their pressures at, in the second half. They really started to use an overload look, and they would overload one side with three defensive linemen on one side of the center, and then what they would do is they would take the linebacker and blitz right through the A-gap and it worked a couple times because uh, Mixon or Pirine weren't able to really get those uh, blocks against the uh, against the linebacker because right. you're sliding uh, three or four offensive linemen over to that side to really help out with that overload. And the interior guys, not just Donald, but Ashawn Robinson had a sack, and he was doing a really good job. Um, and then you had Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, that they were causing havoc. Von Miller is the only player ever to have multiple sacks for two different teams on the Super Bowl, Right. That is something that may never be top. Charles Haley won five rings with multiple franchises and he never did that. So that just speaks to the kind of player Von Miller is, but looking at everything encompassed, uh, it was really impressive how they were able to adjust to that. And I, I was just really impressed with how the Rams uh, adjusted everything. And, One element that was really interesting to me, and I don't know if you picked up on this, Dave. The running game was atrocious for the Rams. But play action was still working. Uh They were drawing those linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, up into the box before they ended up dropping back into their coverages without a working running game. And I think that's going to be really interesting for the Vikings to watch moving forward. Because... If the running game's not working, you can still use
1: it. Well, do you know why not having a good running game, but you could still have a good play-action game? Why that is?
0: Uh, Elaborate, Dave.
1: The reason being is play-action, though 20 years ago, used to be primarily a running play. Today, in the modern NFL, is a passing play. Right, You're going to pass first versus the option to hand off and with that, but you have linebackers, especially that are trained as soon as that they're, they're doing their reads. All right. If you got two linebackers in the middle, say we go to a three, uh, three four defense and you got your two center linebackers. They're looking down at the guards and their, their first reaction is on what the guard does. Mm -hmm. And then they look into the backfield. And when they look into the backfield, if they see a running back coming down and the quarterback there, they have to bite because their next move is to fill the hole, right, on the line where that running back's going. It's to to shuffle over or to dive and fill that hole immediately. That's That's their number one responsibility. So if on play action you're showing that quarterback snaps the ball, turns around, goes like this and shows the football and the running backs coming up like this, they're biting on that. Whether it's a pass play or a run play, they have to bite. That is their first responsibility. They do that. The quarterback does this, pulls the ball back, rolls out, drops back, does whatever he is on that play action, and boom, he goes. Well, that that initial bite where the linebackers come forward because they see the running back coming down, that buys whatever receiver is there, that two, three, four extra steps to get behind them. And that's why play action can be so, so effective. The way to stop it is that you bring the defensive end and you smash in to the quarterback every time. Um, And it's literally just... It was the same way when you you have a running option, be it wishbone, veer, or whatever. You've got to come in and you've got to contain, and that guy on the outside now has to come in and literally hit him, whether he's got the ball or not. And you stop that because you want the early show. Um, But that's why that works. That's why building a bunch of plays, which O'Connell's famous for, that look alike and that you can run different things off of helps because the linebacker is going to sit there and look and go, it's a run, and he does this forward, right? He's not going to know that, you know, on the next time, and the quarterback may not even show the ball, he just may drop back, and he's still like this because he's used to it because he just saw it six times in a row right? It may have been right, it may have been left, but whatever. He just saw it. But it's on that seventh when the quarterback changes it up and it's not, and that running back comes forward and then sort of squats and gets ready to pass block. He's then going, oh shit. And I think that's where O'Connell is going to make our offense sing starting next season that we haven't seen. Because Zimmer didn't think Zimmer and his, whoever he had as offensive coordinator, some of them were decent, some of them were not, but last year was horrible. That didn't even cross their minds, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Not since Stefanski. Stefanski liked to run a lot of that, too. But, my opinion.
0: I think, I think it's a really good point to bring up, because that, that element is such a big deal for uh, the Minnesota Vikings and how they've tried to... Um, Really be a successful franchise over the past few years. And then you also have what the Rams have done. And that's been their bread and butter since they took over in 2017. So I think that's that's a really, really interesting and good point to really talk about. Uh, one other element that I wanted to talk about is stars. And I, I've said it on this program before. Stars win titles. Teams win divisions. And you really saw those stars come out to play for the Los Angeles Rams, even though they lost Odell Beckham Jr. Von Miller had two sacks. Aaron Donald had two sacks. Matthew Stafford led one of the best Super Bowl drives of all time. Cooper Cup had two touchdowns. And he drew that atrocious holding penalty against Logan Wilson on that third down. Like I I haven't yelled at my TV more in a long time than when I saw that play. I thought it was just one of the worst calls in Super Bowl history. Um, and all those stars like Jalen Ramsey was fine, he wasn't great, but I think he really prevented Jamar chase from being that dynamic factor that we have seen him be before. And I think that's almost as important as being a true shutdown guy. When you take the best player on the other team and limit him, was five catches for 89 yards. He was good. He didn't change the game. And that's what Jalen Ramsey was able to do. Prevent him from being a game breaker. Those guys all stepped up in, in that big moment, and where their whole team building strategy was, we're gonna have all these big stars, and we're gonna homegrown develop a lot of sixth, fifth, fourth round picks to really be the bread and butter and the glue of our franchise. Well, it worked. It's not a strategy that you can utilize long term that a lot of teams can do because you're not gonna have an the best defensive lineman and the best cornerback on your roster right. to really build your entire defense around. It's okay if you've got scrubs here, here, and here because you have the two best in the league also playing at incredibly important positions. Right. Uh, and But it is something the Vikings can really look into because stars win titles, build around your stars. That is what the Rams have done incredibly well, and that can immediately translate to how the Vikings should be able to build this team. Justin Jefferson, Daniil Hunter, Build around them. Give them pieces to succeed. Give Daniil Hunter a three technique. Give him another edge rusher. Give him a star corner um, on the offense. Give Justin Jefferson a running mate that's not about to be 33 years old. Uh, Give him a a couple interior offensive linemen to give protection to whoever is playing the quarterback position so you can have more time to get open. Irv Smith. Focus on him. Um. And let's get him some. Hey, Joseph, if you get a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, you let me know. I I can't even get that, and I run a dang liquor store, okay? <laughs> I would love to buy a bottle of Pappy, but we we can talk offline. And I'm glad you made some money yesterday. Uh, so all those elements really kind of looping together. The Vikings you just need to build around stars, and you need to find new ones and create them. And they've shown an ability to do that with the previous organization. Uh, Kwasi Dofomensa coming from uh, the organizations of San Francisco where it completely changed how they analytically do things. And then going to Cleveland where Andrew Barry is very analytically driven, uh-huh. but he, is, he comes from a scouting background. So he's got a different element to him too. He is not anti-scout. He is not... Only analytics. He takes everything into consideration. I think that's going to be huge for what this Vikings team does moving forward. And I think that they're going to be able to accomplish that with how good the scouting staff was at finding some of those guys. Because you're keeping most of them intact at least through the draft this year.
1: Right. Andrew, I agree with you. The Rams looked like they were built for a one-year push. They went Mm -hmm. all in and it paid off. Um, They got it and good for them they're not going to be able to sustain what they did when they talk of Aaron Donald retiring and uh, the other defensive end that played for um, the Broncos um, those guys are up there. it's its it won't they won't sustain it. So mm-hmm. we want to build for long term, but there are keys off of what the Rams did that we could take as lessons and hopefully that the Adolfo Mensa has and implement those. Also back, I wanted to address a question by David uh, Rinaldi says should the fans be or be optimistic about 2022 or are they? Um, I would say they are, but don't don't take optimism as thinking that we're going to win the division and go all the way. Optimism is we're starting anew and we could build something. It may not materialize this season, and it won't. I think there's too many holes, but you can start filling some of the needs and finding great players in the draft. That's what we hope the new analytic approach brings us, great players in the draft and free agency, to build and maybe next year, maybe we don't have a quarterback for 2022. Um, we don't know. And It could be Kirk. It could be um, Mond. It could be some bridge guy. It could be a rookie that we draft. We don't know, right? But they may hold off and say, well, since this year's draft class isn't as beefy, you know, we might get some of, mm-hmm. rid of the – you talked about building around the stars and that – you might need some to get a little bit younger in some spots. Well, those older guys may be traded and get draft capital that we may use this year, or we may say, hey, no, I'll take a 2023 first-rounder instead and then use that to, to double up and move up to get the quarterback we want next year. I think the optimism yeah. is there. I just don't, I don't associate the optimism with record winning record next year i associate it with we're starting to build something new
0: yeah i think with uh this next year it really all depends on what your uh, goal and objective is and how you kind of view it um if you view it as i want to win a super bowl in 2022 i i really don't think you should have a lot of optimism
1: um come up short
0: anything Anything can happen. The Bengals were considered like a year or two away because of how much work needed to be done on that offensive line. Joe Burrow got sacked 19 times in the playoffs. They made it and had a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, they probably should have won the game because I think they get that fourth down stop after that Logan Wilson botched holding call. And then their running game was effective enough where they were going to, they should have been able to run away from Aaron Donald and mm-hmm been able to really grind the clock so you can argue that they won the super bowl in like a hypothetical scenario there the vikings i think they just too far at away. least
1: should have gone the play call at the end that um they were what fourth and one oh. and they needed a first down so they can get in the field goal range to tie it up was yep how they executed that particular play call was wrong in my opinion, and they should have gone differently and easily gotten the first down, and then ten more yards and kick field goal, and we would have gone in overtime and anybody's ball game at that point. But they had their opportunities. I mean, the Rams didn't play super fantastic. Uh, we had the argument online: is well, is this Rams team better than you know the Bucks or you know any of the other good teams? In the NFC, the the Packers, right? Well, the Packers got knocked out the first week, and it was the Bengals better than the Chiefs or the Bills or stuff like that. And People were like, no, I mean, they weren't the two best teams. Well, no, they weren't, but they were the two teams that won when they had to. And, yes, luck Mm -hmm. plays into that, but they did, and it paid off for the Rams. Football is, as much as we want to make it about skill, and planning, and scheme, which a lot of it is. The more you can make it of that, the more control you have. There is still a bit of luck that football is not round. It's a funny-shaped ball. It bounces funny, and things happen. Take that and the human error of referees swallowing their whistles and then turning around calling BS or not calling legitimate fouls, and that can change mm-hmm. the effect the game. That's where that luck comes in. But you want to eliminate as much of that affecting as possible by all the things you can control and we look forward to what is going to be happening with Queasy and the young Kevin O'Connell because this is either going to work and it's going to set the blueprint for the entire NFL or it's going to blow up spectacularly and we're going to be here for it to watch and be entertained. I guarantee you, we will be entertained.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we will be entertained. This is going to be a, a very, 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 very fun offseason for that aspect. I am excited to really kind of go all in at looking, um, looking at, at all the elements that are going to make up the Minnesota Vikings. And I think we also need to address an elephant in the room. There is no guarantee right now that Kevin O'Connell's coming because we still haven't had an announcement. He's Look, it, we're the Minnesota Vikings. Like, yes, we can get that This kick. kind of stuff happens to us. We can get that I an announcement the nads.
1: Yep. I want an announcement from stay. the
0: team that he's coming.
1: Sean mm-hmm. McVay suddenly decides to go to TV and Kevin McConnell. Is made the new Rams coach. Yes, that could happen. We could get that sort of kick in the balls. We are Vikings fans. But I do believe Mm -hmm. 99% he's coming. So,
0: yeah, I I think so too. But it's also something that um, you got to at least keep in the back of your mind.
1: Um, We shall see. Are you ready to start this draft?
0: I am ready to start this draft, and I want to address something that uh, my boss at NBC uh, it did earlier today, Thor Nystrom. Uh, he released his mock draft on right. Um You can find him on Twitter at Thor um, He had the Vikings taking Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa. And I thought this was a really interesting uh, piece to talk about with you, Dave, because you love the big round bellies. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe guards matter, but I believe centers do.
1: And And
0: Linderbaum, I don't know if you've seen this yet, and I'll have to find the video and send it to you. But in high school, Linderbaum pinned Tristan Wirfs in wrestling. Really? Yeah. This is a country boy with a lot of core strength. A lot of core
1: strength. And if it's in wrestling speed, um, Mm -hmm. all that helps. My question about Linderbaum is how big is he?
0: Uh, like I think he's like six, two and a half, 295. So small. But Ish. he doesn't have a poor anchor. He has a good anchor. He's
1: well, powerful. That was my next deal. I need to look at him to see how he's built. Centers are good with long trunks and short legs and big asses, so they can they can plant um and see how he does. Versus we've had some we uh Drafted uh, University of New Mexico kid Ryan back in the 80s. And we moved him over to tackle because he was huge, but he played center in college. And uh, we played him a couple snaps in center. It's just, he was huge. And he didn't have that. Yeah, he's, he's strong like a tackle. But he didn't have, even though he dominated in the back then it was the whack, he didn't have that for in professional football because he was. Literally too big, and how he was built was a little wrong for center. But it yeah. happens. All right. If it's a possibility, and I will kill that, boom. You to see the notes. There we go. It's a possibility. It all depends on where they want to start building first and what value, what overall value. They're going to look at the board. Quasi's going to look at the board and go, all right, here's all our holes. Where do we want to build first? We want to build here first. It may be defensive line, offensive line, maybe line. It may be I want to get corners. It may be uh, wide receiver. We don't know. That's up to them, right, where they want to go and how they want to build it. Do they want to mirror what the Rams did with two good lines? Um, or do they want to do it differently? Uh, you know, how did the Browns did it or however it is they got to know, and then they're going to take who do we have available in the draft, you know, what areas are deep. I can get a defensive lineman, a quality defensive lineman in the second round, third round, but I can't get a good interior offensive lineman past the first three guys, right, type deal. And then they've got to pick and choose where they want to go. Same with quarterbacks. they want a new quarterback, they're going to go, we only like, this one or two, and after that, right, after that, their third round, Kellen Mond, you know, we'll take a, we'll roll the dice, mm-hmm. but he's not intended to be our starter. We're getting somebody else in the meantime. Um So, we don't know how they're going to build it. I wish I did. I wish I had a little bug in the office and go, you know, with a little camera watching their board and could see where they're aiming for. That would be p- quite pleasant if I could, but that would be illegal. But.
0: Well, I, I can tell you this, Dave. Uh, during uh, At some point during the stream, I will yell at the Vikings for making a pick that I deem stupid. So we're going to have that going for us.
1: Speaking of the stream, what Tyler's talking about is we are live all three days of the draft. We go live generally, I think it was about an hour before. And we stay live all the way during the draft and talk about it afterwards. And then we start over the next day on day two and roll right into the weekend on day three. It is a marathon and it is fun. We have all sorts of guests lined up already. All that you know, most of your beat writers and such around the Twin Cities. And we have not only Tyler, but we get Matt Friesen. We get a bunch of other of the CTP draft guys in and all these different people. And we discuss as the draft choices are coming in, and we'll highlight, say the Patriots choose Joe Blow. We may say, Hey, the Patriots just cho- chose Joe Blow and then comment that, well, that he would have been a good fit on the Vikings. And then of course, when the Vikings are on the board, we're definitely talking about that. So it is fun. We've done it. It graduated from uh Good Morning Gallagher doing it, to now CTP doing it, and it is a blast. Best draft coverage around, and you don't have to listen to the corporate blah, 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 blah on your TV. Just turn on the TV to watch, Mm -hmm. turn on the volume, watch us.
0: And one of the best parts about our draft coverage that you didn't mention, Dave, is the interaction. Uh We will comment uh, uh, and talk about some of the things we see in the comments, And we will take questions during some of the the slower periods in between picks because we're not just going to – first round, we're going to talk a lot about picks. We're going to talk a lot about what the picks mean for the Vikings' next pick. But as the days go on, day two and day three, we're going to do less of that and more talking Vikings-centric stuff. And it's it's the most unique coverage uh, when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings as far as the NFL draft is concerned. And it's, it makes it a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Dave,
1: Time to fire let's get to this up. mock draft. All right. Three or four rounds?
0: Three because we don't have a fourth. Yet. Yeah, well, that's a very, very good point.
1: All right. Shall we speed up the draft or keep it at normal?
0: I go fast. We'll, uh, okay. we'll try and get the people out of here at a decent time tonight. Okay. Sorry, I want to guys. answer a, a question. Um, I, I'm trying to find out who it was in the comments. Nick, are there any interior O-linemen worth first-round pick? There are two, and that is uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who we already discussed, mm-hmm. and the other one being um, Zion Johnson, who is a center-slash-guard uh, from Boston College, uh, he uh, acquitted himself very, very well at the Senior Bowl. Um, those are the two guys um, that I would even that I would consider. I think Linderbaum could have a similar impact on an offensive line that Quentin Nelson had for the Colts in 2018. He is not quite that level of prospect, but the consistency, the nastiness, mm-hmm. the physicality, the strength—those elements that Nelson brought. Linderbaum also has had that same effect with the Iowa Hawkeyes, and I think that could translate to the NFL. Something to keep in mind. Dave, let's take a look at these trades. First one. Do you want to go down to 31? Because that's no. a little far for me. Okay, let's find no. let's, mean, that one. It's
1: a decent haul for one pick, and you're getting mm-hmm. a first, a second, a fourth, and a seventh. Eh, I mean, it's decent. Obviously, Cincinnati yeah. wants somebody. You
0: would need a You would need a first-round pick in order to move back that far.
1: All right, here Um, is the Bills. They want our 12 to move to 25, give their 57th and a 4th.
0: That's more palatable. Um, I would lean no, and let's stay at 12, and let's kind of explore that. Okay. Nick, I'm with you. And I know Dave is a big believer of building through the trenches. And I think the Buffalo Oops. Bills are a fantastic example. They got the quarterback. Then they loaded up the trenches. Then they got Diggs. They got Gabe Davis. And then they got Emmanuel Sanders. Dawson Knox. And guess what? This past draft, two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen with their first four picks. Uh-huh. All right. So here we go. We Jamison got comes on top of the board. At 11. Jordan Davis is. I don't think that he he's going to be um, in the market for the Vikings. He is a two down specialist with an unknown degree of level pass rushing. He is a beefy boy. Think uh, more athletic Vince Wilfork. That's the kind of that's how he plays the game. David Ojabo is one we'll talk about here in a minute because I think this would be a fantastic add for the Vikings. Kenyan Green. Interior defensive lineman, He or sorry, interior offensive lineman, I don't think the value's there. I don't, also don't think he is a top talent like some people do. And others are going to want to play him a tackle because he has that versatility. He's played all five positions on the offensive line. Charles Cross is strictly a tackle. We are set there. Um, Trevon Walker, Edge out of Georgia, a lot of mixed reviews on him. Tyler Lindebaum we talked about earlier. Sauce Gardner and Andrew Booth Jr., stud corners at a uh-huh. position of need and a high premium position, yes. which is something to keep in mind. Dave, do you know much about David Ojavo?
1: Other than what I've seen, and he's very good. Um, I, no, I have not looked at personally looked at tape as his. I probably should since I focus on the lineman. Um, but from what I gather, he's one of the best in the class. Mm-hmm.
0: He is. And one of the interesting things about him, he had 11 and a half sacks opposite of Aiden Hutchinson this year. But huh. he is going to come into the NFL raw as sushi. But he's also going to come into the NFL ready to play. And he's got an incredible, like, he's already at a certain floor with a sky high ceiling. Like at, at his absolute worst, he's going to be a third down pass rusher, and he's going to be pretty good at it, because he's, he's got a lot of room to grow within his technique, but he already has a couple moves down really well to where he can win consistently. But the potential is just absurd. Like okay. We're talking a guy who could potentially have 15 plus sacks year after year. He also has a little bit of a lower floor, because if he doesn't reach that, he's like a 5-8 to sack year rotational guy. So, he's only been playing football for a few years. He is Uh, an African immigrant uh, and he is a very, very, very athletic football player. I think a lot of the testing he's going to absolutely dominate. And I was just reading a mock earlier tonight from Chad writer of NFL.com writer had him going at five to the New York giants, right? He is that talented. So I think pairing him opposite Hunter, or if you get rid of Hunter, And you take Ojabo. I think he's the kind of guy you want to build around, especially with the potential transition at 3-4. Ojabo does a fantastic job standing up and putting his hand in the dirt.
1: Okay. Well, let's go Ojabo. We knock out um, one of the things we know needs to be built on the team for long sustainment of success. The the most important positions – value-wise, obviously, is the quarterback. Then comes Mm -hmm. the guys that stop the quarterback, which on the defense is your defensive end primarily and your corners. And then it flips back over to wide receivers. We have another Mm -hmm. trade coming in. Uh, Let me blow this up a bit, I think, so we can see it better. All right. First offer from the Aints. Uh, (laughs) Drop down to 49 and pick up seventh for our 46. Three spots and pick up a seventh. Uh, It's a Rick Spielman special. Um, Yes, it is. The Chiefs are offering drop down to pick 62 uh, plus a fourth and a, a seventh next year. As I just noticed. Look at the year.
0: Yeah, they haven't updated that. That's really
1: weird. Uh Uh-huh. And and then the Bengals, again, desperate, offering their second, fourth, and sixth.
0: I'm not willing to drop that far for any of these hauls. I Uh would need a third to go down um, to, like, 63. All right. Or a high fourth. Right. Let's take a look at the available players. All right. Biggest names that stand out to me, Dave. David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue. He is a classic X-style receiver. Fantastic in the air. Able to really beat double teams consistently. Has some juice as well. Great hands. Uh, Perry and Winfrey, we talked about him with the post-senior bowl stuff. Winfrey was phenomenal uh, right. just being able to, to bulldoze uh, people at the line of scrimmage. Philele, not a scheme fit. Nicholas Petit-Friere, I don't think he's a good football player. Um, I, I just, I don't. He was surrounded by a lot of good linemen at Ohio State. Uh-huh. He consistently lost reps. I don't think he's a fantastic athlete. Uh, I just, I didn't think he was very good. Okay. So he's somebody I want to know part of Isaiah Spiller, probably going to ignore running back until we hear any kind of steam with Dalvin cook that he's going to be moving. Um, Sam Howell, Carson strong. You've got two quarterbacks available here in the second round, which feels like a likely scenario, right? we right. hear about this quarterback class being kind of, eh, well, they're both there for the taking Jalen Petre We took him, I believe last week, the safety from Baylor. Very good football player as well. Um, And then uh, Kyrie Elam, we've taken before. Trey McBride, Isaiah Likely, we've talked a lot about as well. There's good football players on the board. When you take a look, Dave, what is most intriguing to you?
1: Um, I think we're good at the interior of the defensive line, however. Hold on. My allergies, people, are driving me absolutely batshit crazy tonight. My eyeballs are itching. I'm sneezing. The whole works. Um. You talked about Perion. You were high on him on how he just muscled through everybody. That's good. Now, if we're getting rid of Dalvin Tomlinson or Michael Pierce, and I don't know if he plays his nose or if he pays three slash five technique. That would be a good foundational block to replace one of those two. If we're not getting rid of either one of those, then that's a luxury. Um, we don't need tackles unless they're tackles that you want to move to guard. Uh, there's good. We don't need a running back unless we're getting rid of cook. You got Hal. you like Carson strong for his bazooka. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Oh, the piss missile, Dave. It's a piss missile. It's um, wonderful.
1: I, I mean, it's a whole bunch of... I said I wish we would have traded out of this at this point in time. We have a couple tight ends there. The first corner is Elam. I'm not sure where the team – see, we don't know. That's just it. If it was Spielman, I know exactly where, probably where we'd go. It's not Spielman. So if we want to build up, obviously safety would be nice, but we went with him last week. I don't know if they're going to like that quarterback or go that route. Yeah. It, this is That's a tough, tough spot. Um, and we don't know what the we know we have Irv Smith Jr. coming back. We don't know if uh, Conklin's coming back. They would have to resign him. He's a free agent. I do like Ellison, but I don't know that he's your number two guy or just a good number three. How's Elam?
0: Elam's a really good corner. Um, there's some debate about him. Some people think he's a potential uh, CB1. Some people think okay. it's more like CB4 or 5. Um, I think he's really, really good. He's got great makeup speed. Ball skills are there. Uh, and he's kind of sticky in coverage. Uh, some people believe that he, he's going to be fit the best in a cover three kind of system like Seattle. But I think he can be used a lot in man coverage and be successful. I would like Elam, and especially if the Vikings don't take a corner here, where in the world are they going to get one? Because it, it yeah. dies off real fast. And you're going Elam to need might to find be the one smart pick here.
1: Free agency, and you still may need to find one in free agency. That, that's where I would go, just looking at positions and who's playing what. And it's a Sounds slight good. reach, do it. and I hate reaching.
0: Let's do it. Let's take Elam.
1: And here we coming up and the phone rings now. All right. The Bucks want us to trade back from seventy seven to ninety one for their third and fourth, and for our third and sixth.
0: I'm out. No thanks. No.
1: That's way too many spots.
0: Cramming up your cram hole, Lafleur. I ain't taking it. All right. All right, so far, we have have Ojabo and Elam. So we have a guy in the trenches, and we have a guy in the secondary. We can go a multitude of different ways here. We've got a few good wide receivers on the board. George Pickens from Georgia, who's going to have some people rate him as, like, wide receiver one, and some are going to have him at, like, ten. He's going to be the most high-variance guy in the class. Why is that? Uh, a tra- traditional-style X receiver, contested catches, isn't great separating. And he had a torn ACL back in April. And then he ended up playing in the national championship game and in the playoff game. Um, he's good. I just don't think he's the kind of guy you need. To p- you should be putting a lot of draft capital in. I would take him in the third round. I think that's a really good value for him. Um, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. If you followed this process last year with climbing the pocket, you know how much I was obsessed with Dwayne Eskridge, the, the wide receiver out of Western mm-hmm. Michigan. Sky Moore might be better. The, they're about the same size, like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, 180 pounds. But Moore has, like, he separates from those corners like it's going out of style. He knows how to go up and get the football and high point it. He uses his body to his advantage, and it's It's never been an issue that he's a little bit shorter as a receiver. And I really like all those elements when you talk about uh, a wide receiver. Kate Otten's an interesting one. Wandale Robinson, uh, we talked about having that Edelman-Welker type receiver where you're able to be really explosive with those choice routes. Wandale Robinson can be that guy for you. Uh, Boye Mafé uh, is still on the board. And Mafé, we know how good of a senior bowl he had. (sighs) You could double up on edge and feel pretty good about it. And especially uh, you, Donatello would be able to really create um, matchups. Um, Davidson, I think Davidson might get a chance. He also might not because it's a completely new regime. You just don't know how the the new regime is going to view some of these guys from the old regime, especially when there's not a lot of capital invested by the franchise. Right. I would like and to see him a get a shot. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know a D two guy with just stupid traits and incredibly raw. Like, it, I'd like to see him get some run, but we just don't know. Um, Dave, I think there's a three different ways we can go here.
1: There's your first. We two can go for
0: oh, Mumba's good. We've talked about him. Quay right. Walker is good as well. I think kind of taking a look at this, we go wide receiver with Pickens or more. We go tight end with Jeremy Ruckert, who I banged the, t- uh, the table for last week. Or we double up on edge rusher, and we take Boye Mafe.
1: Uh, I suggest not doubling up. I don't have a problem with it, especially if we get rid of Hunter. Trade Hunter for a first round whenever. Um, but if for the purpose of this draft, keeping Hunter, I'm going to go a different direction and... You were saying for right receivers or tight end? Which one would you prefer? Probably the receiver. Um, you had your heart on <laughs> on the edge, maffe
0: I would take I would take Pickens because I think the upside is just really high with Pickens where I think it's a little more limited with both Moore and Wandale Robinson. And at the third round, if you're getting a guy who can be a potential top receiver, I I, I really like that kind of value.
1: Well, Skulls say we don't need a wide receiver.
0: Uh, you always need a wide receiver. You always need uh, a wide receiver.
1: And, and it depends if uh, we trade – Adam Thielen as you well.
0: Have, you have to prepare
1: for for Thielen's departure, whether it be this year or soon after. And you have frozen, Tyler. That's not good. Oh, Let's go tight ends. We have a starting tight end, so it would be a tight end two. I think a wide receiver is your best bet. I do want to see what Pickens says here. Here we go. Six foot three. I like the height, downfield speed, agility, and body control. Like that. In the run game, he doesn't provide much in terms of stock blocking. Due to his wiry frame that can be taught, we shall see. I think we're going to go George Pickens as uh, Tyler is still frozen. And there he goes. He pops off. I'm going to make the selection. George Pickens it is. And that should be it. Joseph, hopefully, Tyler hops back on, but right now he has not. Obviously, he probably lost internet or power. I know uh, I have a friend that lives in the cities, and they were having power issues today. So, we'll flip over to users' picks, blow this up just a bit, and there's Tyler.
0: Yay, we're back. All right. I'm glad you ended up taking Pickens because I don't know how much was cut off uh, due to my uh, connectivity issues. But
1: we were looking at what what is right. He's six foot three. We could use a tall receiver and he's fast. Um, He
0: is six, three. He's fast. He's got upside and potential and he could be a genuine number one. Will he ever get there? I don't know, but he has a chance to get there. When you get that in the third round, Preparing for the day when Thielen is gone uh-huh. and having a true running mate with Justin Jefferson, I like it. Um, is it the biggest need right now? No, it is not. But that's okay that it's not the biggest need right now because you're still preparing for the future. And I'll be honest offense is going to win championships nowadays. Right. Unless you have a top tier defense, offense is going to win.
1: Well, um, and it's. And it's- and you talk about top-tier defense. It's got to be one of the best defenses, and it has to be generational to actually win it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a number one our defense under Zimmer, and we didn't. It takes a generational one, as in uh, Baltimore back in the day and the Bears back before that. And that's how mm-hmm. rare that is. So, yes. No, and today's game is offensive-focused. It's They've changed the rules to make it more offensive-friendly. They put quarterbacks in skirts. Uh, you can't, you know, if you breathe on him wrong, you're going to get a flag. It's, let's build up that offense. Let's get all sorts of improving there and let those stars shine. I agree with you. Hard to find a need we don't have. Alex, you are 100% correct. That's why I said when we were talking about attitudes earlier, whether fans are positive or not, I said don't, don't attach your attitude to what the Vikings are doing on their record. There are quite a bit of holes and needs to fill, and it's going to take time to do it. It's not going to be done in one offseason. It's virtually impossible, and if they do, it'd be miraculous. But don't expect it. Expect to say, hey, let's build, we're going to start building the foundation, right? We're going to take the pieces we love already, and then we're going to start building more on the foundation. And we're going to see how that foundation goes. We know we're going to have holes. We're going, we know we're going to have missing spots. That'll be for 2023. That's when you expect the Vikings, to take that next step. Not in 2022. 2022, it's about how is this team going to build so they can sustain competitive success from here on out, where they are perennial Super Bowl um, contenders. And it's going to take a while. So But be happy it's happening. Get good football players. Yes.
0: Get good football players. That's what the Vikings need to focus on. Get good football players. Figure it out. Because there's just so many depth issues. And I'm very curious. something, An angle that really hasn't been talked about, Dave. All these players that were taken by Spielman that weren't coached up. Was Mike Zimmer that petty? And maybe the the new regime is going to be able to get a lot more out of these guys. Um, I I really wonder how much of that is going to be the case. Especially with the Chaz Surratt. And Kellen Mond, and Patrick Jones and Wyatt Davis where it seemed like Zimmer was almost sabotaging the third round as weird as it is to say because he just wouldn't play them like at all and then uh, you heard or, some kind of rumbling. Or like,
1: did it flip the opposite direction that Zimmer wanted somebody else and Spielman with this round? Yep. We don't know and I'm sure I'm sure Zimmer was out on the field and watched these guys practice every day. And I'm sure he said, all right, I can take this guy and he could be a part of it, right? He can he can produce. But when you got the third rounders and whether it be um, Wyatt Davis coming in fat and out of shape and not getting it or Kellen Mond not throwing well or uh, Chas Herat It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and he goes, well, I'll stick you on the special teams while we build up. But if you're not performing there, you're not earning your way beyond that. You've got to show me. Well, is that a failure on Zim? Which some people want to believe. Everybody, there's a whole chunk of the fan base that's everything Zimmer's fault. (laughs) Or was it? Or is that? Spielman sold us a bill of goods and overdrafted players that he probably shouldn't have at that spot. We don't know. It will be interesting to find out how Kevin O'Connell and the new staff, be it whatever coach they are, treat these guys and how they look when we start to get into OTAs and then into camp, how these guys have progressed. Have they progressed? Do they have something, or was Zimmer right? Um, we'll find out. So I, I don't know. And if Zimmer did it just out of pure pettiness, that's wrong. If Spielman did it out of pure pettiness, that's wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's not about you. It's about the team. And right, if you're exactly. not about the team and you're about yourself, get out. And yeah, we have those about, guys out of the building.
1: It's all about the Norsemen. It's, and that's the way it has to be. That's the way it has to be.
0: Yep, exactly. And Dave, with that, that's our show.
1: Well, I want to ask for Viking Tom, who's tied in too. If Conklin does not get re signed, it'll go to Ellison.
0: Or a potential guy in on day two, early day three. Yep. So. With that being said, Dave, any final words for the good people?
1: Nah, I just uh allergies are killing me i need to take more allergy meds um it is what it is hey it's spring here in texas (laughs) (laughs) i know it's not minnesota not for another couple more months but hey some of us gotta suffer with it
0: (laughs) fun story (laughs) um when i was flying back from mobile i got stranded in dallas for the night Uh and i had a buddy who lived just outside of dallas so i stayed at his place and on my uber home I'm like, why is there snow on the ground? And there was actual snow on the ground in Texas, and I just thought it was the weirdest thing.
1: Oh, you know, it does snow here. We had snow about that same time period. It rolled through here. We got some. Covered it up. It's yeah. rare. Um, we're supposed to be mm-hmm. in the 70s most of this week. so.
0: Well, enjoy it. I'm going, going to, to enjoy being in Minnesota where it's not warm. But until then, we're going to get Dave some more bourbon, as Joseph said. I am going to go get me a, a sour. I'm thinking peanut butter and jelly tonight. Should be pretty good. In the meantime, what don't mock about. it until you tried it, all right? In oh, meantime, you said sour. Dave,
1: I instantly think of bourbon sour, which are delicious.
0: Oh, I love a good bourbon sour. Which um, are delicious. From Dave, myself, don't forget to keep tabs on all of our shows later this week. We should have an In the Huddle show tomorrow
1: with you Jason should. and the I guys. Hope- Come on, we Jason. We also
0: have Vikings Happy Hour with Matt. Who does Matt have as a special guest this week?
1: Ooh, that changed too. I believe this week is Matthew Collar from Purple. Ah, and that's Sider. a big one. Yes. All
0: right. That that's going to be a fun conversation. And hopefully, about and then- that
1: time period, at least by that time period, Kevin O'Connell has made it his way to Minneapolis, and we're having press conferences and all that fun stuff. But he I suspect he's still partying from yesterday.
0: I I might be too, I'll be honest. I here. would be. Um, and then now that Eric is back in the country, do we have a Vikings hot takes on Thursday? Maybe. Okay. The we'll reason that. is
1: uh, Eric's back, but Flip has a uh, work commitment. And so we're seeing if we get a substitute hot taker to go along with Eric. Eric's put in charge of that we have not got an answer or I have not seen an answer back but maybe
0: perfect And then we have two all bloggers Saturday afternoon the first uh, episode of their show where there's no football game on Sunday so that that'll be really fun to watch and until then keep track of all our shows from Dave and Tyler skull everybody skull bugging.
1: Climb in the pocket, thanks you for watching. Remember to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and if you're listening, rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull!